And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back, back for another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here to have another conversation I'm hoping helps your business grow. Now, if you listen to the podcast regularly, you know I am not a part of Gen Z. My kids are closer to being Gen Z than I am. But with that, it's a very coveted demographic when it comes to marketing. It has a, the, the members of Gen Z have a different approach. They're looking for different things. They like to keep it short and sweet and have different tastes than us old people. Yeah, I'm just referring to myself on that one, not necessarily you listening. So I've brought in an expert today, and it's also a company that is yet another amazing company from Austin in our series about Austin's top startups. Now, before we get too far into this, today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io. We help you build a software team quickly and affordably. So I'm going to just go ahead and introduce today's guest. With us today, we've got Anish Dewan. He's the CEO of Perpix. Anish, what's up? Great to be here, Matt. Thanks for having me. Excited to chat. Yeah. I'm looking forward to learning all about, well, I'd probably learn all about more about what my kids are going to be into than I might. But but with that, and you know, if you if you're interested in learning more about Perpix and what Anisha's company does, scroll down to the show notes and click the link for Perpix. So Anish, no one tells a story better than the founder themselves. So let's get a little bit of info about your backstory. Awesome. Awesome. Happy to share. Um, so I'm 22. I started this company about four years ago while I was um, my first year in college, went to the University of Virginia. Um, but really the, the story behind Perfect started even before that. Um, so in high school, I was really fortunate to you know travel to Haiti, China, did a lot of NGO work there. Um, I would come back after these awesome experiences and just be absolutely blown away by the experiences I was having. And, and and more importantly, blown away by the fact of how much my generation, you know, my friends in high school, um, myself, um, how much we cared about, you know, making a positive impact. So when I was in high school, you know, kind of got bored during school, um, started a, a Gen Z cost marketing agency. Uh, we worked with local brands, um, connected them to high schoolers, had them create content, share it online. Um, and it really took off. So we grew from a couple high schools to a couple dozen across Virginia and Maryland, um, a couple small local businesses to a couple dozen across the, uh, really across the region. Um, and uh, that's kind of how Perfix was born. Um, so what we do at Perfix is we are a Gen Z um, brand advocacy and insights platform. Uh, we, like I said, started in high school, went to college, uh, ended up dropping out after a year, year and a half. Um, because we just started growing across college campuses. And what we do is we have a network of about 60,000 um, college students across the country. Uh, we partner them with awesome brands um, like like Haritos, Nevamex, um, Nestle, Vitacoco, um, Soylent. Um, and then 
these brands will tap into this network um, to create content um, or um, conduct market research. Um, so we'll match them with the best users on our platform. Um, they'll take pictures, post it on Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat. Every time they do, they raise money for a cause they care about. Um, or they participate in market research studies. And every time they do that, um, they also raise uh, money for causes they care about. So yeah, really just started it with this problem that I was seeing, you know, my generation was incredibly motivated to do good, wanted to make it easier for them to do that um, and do that by partnering with the world's best brands. Um, and, and, you know, we've been fortunate enough to do that over the last couple of years. So what's the, what's the full market segment for what is considered to be Gen Z? Yeah, great question. So Gen Z, you know, typically defined as mid 1990s uh, to kind of the early 2010s. Um, we are hyper focused on kind of that um, college demographic. So people between the ages of 18 to 22, um, sometimes up to 23. Um, so really helping brands um, engage and understand that entry point consumer. There's about 22 million college uh, college students out there today in the US. Yeah, and I know that, that that particular marketing segment, just that age range, whether it's Gen Z, Y, or whoever was before it, that's a that's a very uh, formative time in a future buyer's habits. You know, that's where they're formed. And that's where a lot of brand loyalty and everything gets to. So that is always a coveted demographic. However, it's fickle. So what are some of the things mm -hmm. that you know, because the, these things do change, you know, and, and I don't even know what generation I'm in. I'm in, I'm coming up on generation <laughs> old. And, uh, you know, but with that, you, you know, by the time I, I'm 45, and I don't mind sharing that, because I'm a young 45. But, it, but with saying that, by the time you're my age, you formed a lot of habits and opinions. Yeah. And it's really kind of hard to, to uh, unlever those. And that can be everything from buying. Now, at this point, you know, there could be like a certain kind of, of apple juice that I've been drinking. But if I'm a 30-year customer, that's a pretty good acquisition yeah. at that early stage. But, but what, what, are the, what are the fickle points or the things that make the Gen Z uh, audience in general? Just the, oh, the whole thing. Like, what are they, what's different about them from the prior generations? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of great work done by a lot of awesome people on, on the, there's just so many, so many differences between Gen Z and, and millennials and even Gen Z and Gen A, which is, which is the next generation coming up. Um, you know, what I think is really important, um, if not the most important and the one that we really built our business on is how socially conscious, how motivated Gen Z is, um, by good causes. Um, so that's what, you know, that was a, that was kind of an earned secret and insight that we built our company on, um, you know, 94%, upwards of 94% of Gen Zers want to support brands that are supporting good causes. And I was seeing this when I was in high school, just through the work that I was doing, more importantly, through the work that my friends were doing. Um, and, you know, we built our entire company around that, which is, you know, Gen Zers, when we want to interact with the brand. So when brands want to reach us, when they want their messages to come to us. You know, one of the most powerful ways to do that is by tying that message around the cause that that individual cares about. Um, so, you know, that's what we've really built our business on is how can we scale those like one to one um, relationships between a brand and a Gen Zer, um, specifically around social good. Um, and then, you know, there's kind of different ways you can look at it. Right. Um, you can start doing that on different platforms. Um, so obviously, you know, 
TikTok is really big with Gen Z, a lot of, a lot of activity there, especially during, during the pandemic or right after the pandemic. Um, but, you know, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, and being really on the platforms that they're on. Um, so that's really what we built our company around is like, we have this secret, you know, the secret sauce, which is, you know, let's partner you with Gen Zers, more importantly for Gen Zers, let's partner you with amazing brands so that they can support you, help you do some amazing stuff, um, and then do it on the platforms where their eyeballs are, uh, where, where, you know, where we are paying attention. You know, one thing, and, and by the time this comes out, this will be old news, but you know, I mentioned before we hit record today that today was the day that we announced Startup Hustle TV, mm-hmm. which is our new web series about entrepreneurship. And we're really excited about it. We're going to cover the story of entrepreneurship from, well, we'll get down to Austin. I know that. Um, and, you know, here in Kansas City, all around. And one of the things is, you know, so we had, we had to, you know, anytime you announce a, a series like that, you have a trailer like mm-hmm. a movie trailer. And, you know, we have a 90 second, we have a 60 second, and then we have a 15 second. And the 15 second is literally like that, that we had Gen Z stamped on that. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, one of the, one of the things is, you know, you mentioned TikTok and all these, these micro things. When I say micro, like things that rely on very short clips of content and, uh, so oh, that's that snap, 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 boom, boom, boom delivery. And, you know, this, uh, I'll tell you what, so I, I've been for marketing, for my marketing experience is about 20 years deep at this point. And when it first started, the idea of a five, 10 or 15 second spot yeah. was just simply like, they're like, oh, well, that, that isn't long enough. <laughs> I mean, people were buying, they, there were 60 second TV ads then now. Now I have a lot of respect for that because I mean, a minute is an eternity when it comes mm-hmm. to video. Like, I mean, it really is. It's yeah. a long time. It's yeah. a little different when it with in an audio medium, but you know, when you come out, when you have like, like I said, like a video promo, like 15 seconds, you got to keep it moving. You got to snap, snap, snap. And you know, is that, is that something that is a key focal point when it comes to like the way the message is delivered for Gen Z? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think, you know, if you look at the most popular forms of, of content for Gen Z or the most popular platforms, like you're looking at TikTok, short form video content, Instagram, um, Instagram stories, Instagram reels, um, Snapchat, these are all kind of short form, um, short form video content. So I, I think so. You know, we've also seen a lot, uh, a lot of companies be successful with longer term, long, longer form content with Gen Z. But I think overall, like, that short form content is is pretty interesting, um, and I think is the way um, or or a really good way to reach Gen Z. Um, one thing that we've started doing is so we have kind of two two different aspects of our company. Um, one is really focused on engaging Gen Z. Um, so again, that part is we connect these brands with Gen Z consumers. They create sponsored content, share it online to raise money for good causes. Um, the second is we also have kind of a, a market research arm where you know, our Gen Z kind of, um, our Gen Z users will, will, you know, participate in market research studies, um, participate in focus groups. Um, one interesting thing that we started seeing is when, you know, you take your traditional focus group or your traditional kind of, um, in-depth interview or IDI, um, kind of these face-to-face conversations, um, with COVID, you know, we couldn't have those in person, right? You know, people couldn't actually do focus groups in person. Um, so we started kind of playing around with that, getting creative, doing these kind of 
you know, having our brand partners upload, you know, short 30 to 60 to 90 second long videos um, or questions and then getting our users to respond with 30, 60, 90 second long videos or, or even sometimes the shortest 15. Um, and what we saw is like it mimicked a lot what you would do with like an Instagram story or a Snapchat story or, or a TikTok, right? You know, short bits of content. Um, anecdotally, you know, what our brand started seeing was like they were getting so much more context out of these kind of short form kind of bursts of, of insights rather than, you know, a 60, you know, 60 minute focus group or 30 minute focus group. So I think it is very much the medium that Gen Z wants to interact with content with, um, but also a medium that they're very comfortable with um, is, is that kind of short form burst of, of content or short form burst or creating short form bursts of content, which, you know, at the end of the day, responding to a question virtually is, is very similar to like taking a Snapchat story or, or, uh, you know, posting a TikTok. You know, it's, it's interesting because you talk about the air quotes here, stories, and you know, that started on, you know, that's a Facebook and Instagram thing yeah. and kind of, and then, and now LinkedIn has it. Yeah. And, you know, I saw someone make a comment and they said, well, are they copying? But that's, it, well, sure they are technically, but the thing is, is these, this, it's someone, I read a very valid point about this. And it's a, it's just a simple format change because the mm -hmm. format people are used to it. Like by the time LinkedIn added it and you can see it in, you know, like I noticed it right away in my mobile app, I was like, oh, wow, they have stories now. But the thing is, is I didn't have to be explained to me. It, yeah. it became something that was an expected part of the format. So these things, you know, and, and I got to tell you as a marketer, the one thing you shouldn't ever be saying is. Well, I wish things were like the way they used to be. Yeah, you have to yeah. adapt to the format and the changes. If you spend enough time around me, I'll tell you that if you can't explain what your business does in 15 seconds or less, then you don't know what your business does. Yeah, um, or you need to figure out how to do that. You've overcomplicated it. Um, and and you know, once again, you hear 15 seconds, and it doesn't sound like a lot of time. Yeah, that was five seconds right there. You know, yeah. like you noticed that pause. Like there's a <laughs> lot of things we could have said or done to to make a make an impression there. Now, you know, I think that that you know, and that's a, I'm seeing a lot of Gen Z stuff. You know, come up and and pop out. There's a another. Uh, you know, I've I've seen some Gen Z marketing agencies here and there, and yeah. they're they are run by very. You know, you mentioned you being in your early 20s. Same thing. Um, do you think that it's a key, it's a key, uh, part of a marketing or a consulting company? Do you think that you being part of the actual generation is a key ingredient to being effective when it comes to the advice you give to your clients? Yeah, I think that's a great question. Um, I don't, I don't actually think it is. Um, I think it helps. I, I mean, at the end of the day, like, again, as I mentioned, we have kind of this, we have this kind of brand engagement activation then we also have this insights piece and you know just working with some amazing brands um and helping them get gen z insights what i what i at least what i believe thoroughly is is it's all about like how how many conversations are you having with the consumer um being gen z it's a lot easier for me to have that right like if i go on my instagram right now i have hundreds of people that are in gen z and i could you know talk to them bounce questions, bounce ideas off of them and really just, you know, immerse myself um, because I'm part of that generation. So I think, yeah, to a certain extent, it definitely helps um, being a Gen Z running, you know, a Gen Z kind of marketing technology company. Um, 
because I just have access to so many Gen Z data points. Um, but some of the work we've done with some of our brand partners and helping them pull insights and what they've been able to do with those insights and how they've been able to resonate with Gen Z without even being close to that generation, um, it's pretty incredible. So I think a lot of it comes down to, you know, are you able to talk and how, how much can you talk to your consumer? How much can you really like have those conversations? Um, so, you know, absolutely. I, I wouldn't say like it's necessary. It's definitely helpful just because you get are able to immerse yourself. But if you if you truly care about putting yourself in the consumer's shoes, um, then then it's not necessary. I'm going to agree with you. And I kind of set myself up for failure with that question potentially, because, you know, <laughs> like, I, th I think if, if you're into marketing and that's something that you understand and wrap your arms around, then you, you are flexible. You understand yeah. that a 65 year old and a 15 year old are going to, are going to, well, they're going to want things explained differently and it doesn't make one way right or wrong. I mean, it just, it's a flexible approach. I, I spend a lot of time, I, I have a lot of expertise and experience when it comes to just CPC related, or Google, Facebook, Instagram, all of it, all of it. And there's a reason that you can filter your audiences by age. Yeah. And there, I mean, that, that's a, there, there's a key ingredient there because you do need to send different messages. And look, this is just social conditioning. This is just, you know, like this yeah. generation of, of, <clears throat> of kids these whippersnappers that are coming down the pipeline. Yeah, I'm trying to sound as old as I can today. Um, but no, the, and it's just like I said, it's back to that format comment. So this is just the format of what yeah. occurs. And, you know, when I first got, I mentioned my first, uh, all right, so I'll give you a little context here. When I first had a marketing budget for anything, um, I was actually 27 and newspaper, yeah. the newspaper the local newspaper. I, I was uh, I, I was help man. I was managing uh, musical instrument stores, and okay. the newspaper was still the inter the internet was not. It was out, but it yeah. wasn't. It wasn't as sophisticated as it was now, and people still like we still bought yellow pages ads. And I remember how painful it was a few years later. Uh, as and I've always been a marketer, so a few years later having to have a legit discussion with the guy that owned the business that I worked at yeah. about why we, sh why we were wasting money on the yellow pages. And, uh, you know, that was 2007 or 2008. It wasn't that long ago. Yeah. I mean, it, it really wasn't. And then you see it, you saw a mass progression. It was, a, a, just a couple years later that the internet really took hold now that so keep in mind like facebook was i found it in i believe 2004 no one it wasn't really even big for five or so years later yeah. and you know at this time at, at that time that i'm mentioning and that's when i first got into all this stuff that's when people were still debating whether or not they should have a myspace a facebook or a facebook page or maybe both yeah. And, you know, you see how that's evolved, but the world of online marketing has changed and become more sophisticated. I think that the, the access, the bandwidth that people have, you know, like, ten, I mean, 10 years ago, something like TikTok wasn't a, wasn't a valid reality on our yeah. mobile devices. Yeah. But, you yeah. know, the mobile devices didn't support it and we weren't on the kind of, we didn't always have the bandwidth we have now. Yeah. No. And like, even for us, like, and I'm like, I'm just getting started in my journey as, you know 
an entrepreneur, as, as, as a marketer. Um, but like, even in, in the, the couple of years we've been running this business, right? Like so much of what Instagram is today didn't exist, right? We didn't have stories, um, didn't have reels didn't have a ton of other features like TikTok was non-existent. Um, Snapchat was just getting started. So, you know, I would even argue that like, you know, the rate of change has increased a lot and, and people that are in marketing that are in consumer or that are in marketing are really, you know, you're, you're going to have to kind of test and learn and be a lot more innovative than, you know, a marketer, you know, 30, 40 years ago when, you know, you really only had a couple different ways or places you could spend your money on and, and ways that you can really make that dollar go, go further. Um, when today, like the options are limitless. Like even within these platforms itself, you can run a story ad, a news feed ad, you know, you can do so many different things. Um, so it's been fun. It's been really fun kind of learning about my generation um, and learning how to better, you know, engage my generation and, and learning how to more, most importantly help them, you know, do some really awesome stuff. We've raised like hundreds of thousands of dollars for amazing causes on our platform. We're, we're really proud of that. Um, but it all just comes down to, you know, do you speak to your customer? Um, which is why you know, going back to your original question, like I'm always wary of, of this kind of like quote unquote, like Gen Z gurus that like go and they talk about stuff and, and they don't, you know, they're, they use the word I a lot, right? Like, this is how I feel. And like, I think people's opinions matter a lot, but you know, no one kind of can give you a full understanding of the entire generation. So like, are you going out and talking to them? Right? It doesn't have to be like running, you know, sophisticated market research, but like, are you going out to college campuses, to high schools? Like, are you actually talking to people? Um, so like, I'm always wary of those, um, um, of, of people that say that they're like, I like, this is what I believe, but like, is that what your belief is? Or are you like really trying to, to the best of your ability capture, you know, as much data about the generation as a whole, cause we're incredibly diverse. Um, and, and so that's something that, you know, I, I, I still do sometimes, um, cause I do think I have a unique perspective and in, in getting a bunch of different data points from different places, but kind of have to hold myself back sometimes and just be like, well, what is, you know, what are, what are Gen Zers saying? Um, cause I don't represent the entire generation. No one really does. Well, speaking of platforms, if you need help building yours, fullscale.io employs a whole lot of web developers and can help you build a software team quickly and affordably. And that's actually what I want to talk about next. I want to talk about a little bit, you know, we talked about Gen Z and, you know, a lot of that, but I have a funny story. It was, I was in, uh, I was in New York city five years ago mm -hmm. and I had some meetings for the weekend and I was in Times Square and I went up to an office and, uh, I, I was talking to the guy that, that he had half the floor and the other half, the uh, half of the floor was a company called snap which we all know, but I remember asking the guy, I'm like, Who, who's across the hall? Is they going to come Snapchat? Snapchat? So what do they do? What do they do? He's like, I don't know if they know yet. I'm not <laughs> sure they're going to make it. And uh, it was kind of funny because uh, that was a, a fairly true statement. I think they were trying to still find their identity now. And this will be old news by the time uh, this episode comes out. But Snap just grossly exceeded their revenue mm -hmm. expectations and their earnings reports yesterday, which show like and here's the thing. I'll, I'll admit it. Like, I don't get it. Like, I'm just not like a Snapchat person. Like, you know, and I feel that I feel that software and businesses need to solve a problem. And the problem yeah. they seem to solve is, is you not being not being easy enough to turn yourself into looking like a cat. 
Yeah. And, you know, so now, now with that, let's talk a little bit more about Perpix. And if you want to check out more about what Anish and Perpix do, uh, scroll down to the show notes and click the link. Um, so what made you want to start your company? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, yeah, I mean, it really just goes back to, like I was saying, like I, at a really young age, like I had just these incredible experiences. Um, and I, and I, 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 you know, what I think it came down to was I was incredibly passionate about, about, you know, making a positive social impact, um, as cheesy as that sounds, but like, I think that's like, that really is true of a lot of Gen Zers. Um, so, you know, it was these awesome experiences that I was having, I was coming back, um, coming back to, you know, from these experiences and really wanted to find ways to like donate in my community, volunteer in my community. And, and when I looked around that, you know, it was like, you know, most of my peers were feeling similar things or were, were kind of interested in similar things. So like, just from a really, from a really early age, it's, I kind of saw two awesome trends. One is Gen Z, like there's truly something special about our generation. Like we care a lot. We really want to make an impact. And I think a lot of it comes down to, it's like, it's kind of, like we don't really have a choice, right? Like we're going to have to deal with a lot of, a lot of stuff in our generation, our generation will through our, throughout, you know, our life. Um, you know, whether it's, you know, climate change, political unrest, mass migrations, um, there's just so much going on over these last couple of years. And then the second thing is actually funny enough, goes back to what you were saying, which is, you know, the rise of social media platforms. So like, I think I was just getting into high school when Snapchat was getting popular um, Instagram was take, t- had already taken off on um, Facebook, you know, was already very popular. And I realized, wow, like this is an incredibly powerful technology. Um, and I think the problem they're solving to your point is, is really, you know, allowing people to connect with their friends, which I know is like their mission statement, but like what we started seeing was kind of an, an insight we found later on in the company is like, it allows you to kind of display different aspects of your persona, right? So someone on LinkedIn acts very differently on LinkedIn than they do on, on Instagram than they do on Snapchat. There was like this meme kind of going around kind of um, showing like someone's, you know, someone on LinkedIn, someone on Instagram, someone on yeah. Snapchat. So you know what I'm talking about? Awesome. They're, yeah. they're, they're, carry, they're carrying a briefcase on their LinkedIn picture exactly. on Snapchat. They're like jumping <laughs> in midair and snapchat they look like a dog and yeah facebook they've got a picture of what they ate for dinner yeah yeah exactly so it's like it's it's but it's kind of tiresome i mean honestly like that i mean as someone that you know and and that's being said by someone who is i i on many days make a living on social media yeah you know like whether it's promoting the podcast or full scale or different things. And, you know, it's a lot to keep up with. And there's a lot of things to consider. And there's a different approach with every single one of them. So and then and then honestly, on some levels, I just quit giving a shit. So yeah. like, but, you know, so so, you know, sometimes I as Popeye said, I am who I am. So yeah, sorry to sorry to jump in there. But yeah, I, yeah, I, I'm that's... sure you get it. Because yeah, I'm yeah. sure your clients on many levels express that same feeling because you're like, you know, it, well, it, it used to, things used to be simpler, you know, hey. when you were just putting an ad in the newspaper, that was the way, you know, you had one ad and, you know, now there's a, a completely different approach from the way you produce and, and project and represent yourself, uh, all these different mediums. And here's the thing, video is tough. 
video can be tough, um, you know, and, and a lot of people don't get it. So they have a, have a tendency to really produce some yawner stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, no, and it's getting more and more complicated as like, if you look at, you know, just speaking from like my, my experience, like if you look at Instagram before Instagram stories came out, right. People were using their Instagram for like their most curated, you know, best self, right. You're posting pictures you like the best and, you know, picture if you like just being the perfect person. Um, there was a little bit of like keep Instagram casual, like that kind of movement going on. Um, but still like very much like that's how we were seeing Instagram being used. And then on the other hand, like Snapchat was like you out at on Saturday night, like posting, you know, like drunk Snapchats and stuff. And like what we started seeing when like Instagram came out with stories is like even that stuff kind of got blend and uh, started blending in, right? Like people are now posting very Snapchat, Snapchat type content on their Instagram stories. So it's been, it's only going to get, I think, more and more confusing is like all of these, um, all these different platforms kind of like, you know, LinkedIn stories, like hopefully you don't see people posting LinkedIn stories on, on, on the weekends. Like, I don't, I don't think it's going to go down the Snapchat route completely, but it's just, it's really interesting to see like, as these, like they're almost becoming super platforms. Um, and each type of kind of format is, is a different way to express yourself. Um, if, especially if you look at something like Instagram, but yeah, I mean, like we, like we, when I was starting the company, like I just knew that this is going to be really powerful because we were so much of our time was already being spent on it. So much of our mind share. Um, and I think, you know, we realized that like, this could be a tool for, for bad, um, which I think, you know, sometimes it is used, um, for that, but it can also be a, a, a tool for good, which I think is how it's being used in most cases. Um, and so that was our idea was like, we take this thing that's connecting my entire generation. And how can we use it to like really make meaningful change? Like one of the things that always kind of, and it's not a bad thing. It's just like a pet peeve of mine is like, you know, there's like, I'm sure you've seen this, like one like equals one prayer, like one like, you know, you know, one like will do this or one like will do that. And like, we're like, well, what happens if like your like could actually result in a donation or what happens if like your post could actually raise money? Um, and so that's how the idea started um, very much as like a, empowering our generation to partner with awesome brands. Um, and we think that at least, you know, I think everyone in our company thinks that, you know, we like brands have a role to play in this. Like this is going to have to be a team effort, right? Um, brands are going to have to support this next generation. They're going to have to support consumers to do good. Um, and I think at that point it wasn't really, it wasn't really, um, common knowledge for brands to do that. And now I think you're seeing that it absolutely is. I think every single brand can say for sure that like, you know, corporate social responsibility is really important. Having a mission is really important. Doing good in the community is really important. Um, and so that's awesome to see. And it's, it's, it's really kind of how we envisioned our, the relationship between our generation and brands being. So, uh all entrepreneurs that I know that that are successful have been successful and usually continue to be successful have had some kind of guide or mentor. It could be anyone from an investor to a partner to anything. Could be even just someone you model your business after. Who who is assuming that role in your in your storyline? Yeah, a, a lot of people, um, and I think it's I think it's like it transitions as well um, as we've grown the company. So you know, our first or like my first kind of 
role model and my first guide was really our, one of our first investors. You know, I was a senior in high school, like didn't really know what I was doing. Knew I needed to raise a little bit of money to build this out. Um, he put the first check in and um, he really guided me for the first couple of years. Um, and then, you know, it kind of shifted and, and, you know, as I, as we kept growing the company, different people became really helpful with different things, but, you know, I always have this like two to three go-to people that I can call at, you know, 11 o'clock at night, which I've done multiple times. Um, and they'll pick up or call me first thing in the morning. Um, you know, we were really, really fortunate to go through an accelerator program called Techstars. Um, and, um, you know, the community they built around us, um, our managing director, our program director, um, investors that came out of that program or, or that invested in us after that program. Um, you know, I think it's really important to have that community. That's something I talk about a lot with other young founders as well Is like, you know, I, and it's true for any founder. Um, I think everyone needs to have, you know, a good community, whether you look at them as mentors, advisors, or peers. Um, and I think they all play a different role, right? Definitely want to have someone that you can go to ask for advice. You, you also want to have a good group of peers as well that, you know, you can vent to um, that know exactly what you're going through at that exact time. Um, and then I also think it's really important to give back. Um, you know, like I in no means have even come close to to making it. I don't even know what that means as an entrepreneur, but um, I'm, I'm a couple years, uh, you know, along my journey. It's been three to four years and we've had some success. We've had a lot of failures, um, but, but you know, kids, especially you know, students at UVA where, where I went and had an awesome experience, you know, some of them are going through the same stuff. So I, I want to be there for them and, and other young entrepreneurs that are, you know, going through the tough questions that I went through a year two years ago, which is like, do I drop out of school? Like, how do I raise my first round? Like, how do I get my first customer um, and offer them the advice that I have? Um, so, yeah, I think um, yeah, there's definitely not one specific person. There's multiple people um, that that I, that popped in my head. Um, and the last thing I would say is just like you know, my friends and family, like my mom, my dad, my, my younger brother, like they've been amazing um and my best friends from school have been amazing um because yeah i mean it gets it gets tough <laughs> and as, as as i'm sure you know it can get really tough so it's good to have kind of people that outside of work to to kind of keep you keep you you know level-headed keep you anchored um when when shit really hits the fan so I, i'm not a big fan of age constraint because you know you're good at or you're not wherever yeah, age yeah, you're at. Yeah. But I do want to say for those of you that are listening that are younger, that was a very sophisticated and accurate answer for someone in their early twenties. Uh, so congrats on that one, but, but it is, and, and, you know, that's the thing is, is it, we all evolve and mature and gain experience as entrepreneurs at a different rate, a different speed. Some of us, not at all. And, uh, the thing that, you know, and, and, you know, I wasn't a full-time entrepreneur, uh, until my late twenties. And then, you know, with that, uh, it took me a little bit to learn the, like the value of co-founders and just different, different stuff. Now, one of the things that, uh, I was never shy about was asking people for their yeah. input yeah. and, and advice. And you, the thing was, and I got a lot of it because I wasn't afraid to ask. And my point here is don't be afraid to ask. Because as you probably, the, the sophistication of your answer, uh, I'm certain as a result that you have asked enough people for input or mentoring or that you've realized that uh, much like, okay, so 
uh, knowledge isn't meant to be held. It's meant to be transferred mm -hmm. and that, and it's actually not healthy to not transfer it. So, yeah. um, you know, and I was poking fun at not being a Gen Z or myself, but look, over the last 20 years, I've had a lot of people take a lot of interest in me. Mm -hmm. Sometimes me wondering why they even gave a shit and <laughs> those folks, but, but at some point, uh, so many of them said, well, you remind me of myself yeah, or something yeah. and or someone else helped me. And the thing is, is you just got to ask. Now, if you're not out there asking, you, the, you're, the world's greatest mentors aren't just going to seek you yeah. and say, you know what? I would really love to take time out of my hyper busy schedule to guide you because yeah. the world brought me to you. That's not the way it works. So, yeah. you know, what, you know, with that, you got to be out there and, and seeking it and, you know, fortune favors the bold. So uh, yeah. another thing that you're going to find, and, and I've learned 400 plus episodes of startup hustle later is people like talking about themselves. <laughs> so play into that card, you know, like let, let it happen and see, you know, what reaches out. The worst thing that is going to happen, someone's going to say no, or they're just going to ignore it. And I think you will be really, really surprised at how receptive folks are to that. Is that, is that what has shaped your opinion in many ways? 100%. The amount of people that have ended up investing in the company, like advising the company, you know, just giving time. And like, I'm talking about really awesome people like CEOs, CMOs of multi-billion dollar companies that have started off with me sending a cold email or a couple mm -hmm. cold emails to them and them getting back to me. It's, it's actually crazy. Um, like that is one of my biggest kind of things that I love like talking about with, with other entrepreneurs is like to your point, hundred percent. And it's usually actually like people that have like, you know, however you measure success, but you know, people that are most successful in business, like people really running some awesome companies, building some really good things. I've seen that they're actually more likely to give back than, you know, one that you would imagine, but two, then, then even other people in their, in their industry and in their organization that are, you know, not even close to what they're doing. Right. So I'm never afraid and I'm never, I'm never kind of worried about, you know, sending that email um, and just sending it and being like, Hey, look, this is something I'm dealing with. I think you could be helpful because of X, Y, or Z, um, just doing your, doing your homework and sending it to them. And, you know, the amount of times someone's responded and said, cool, yeah, let's hop on a 15 minute call or a 30 minute call. Um, and then, you know, keep, you know, cool. Yeah. Send me an email every month. They're like, let's hop, hop on a call every quarter. Um, it's, it's insane. And I think it comes back to what you were saying. Like, I think it's, you know, people want to give back I mean, people want to help other people for two reasons. Like one is like, they get something out of it, right? Like it's kind of fun. You know, I'm sure, you know, I have a lot of fun talking to people that are just starting their business. Um, I'm sure people that are way, way, way down, down the road from me have a lot of fun talking to me and kind of reliving some of those, some of those challenges, because I mean, this is, I'm, I'm having a ton of fun doing what I'm doing. I think hopefully all, all the entrepreneurs out there are having a ton of fun doing what they're doing. And I think the earlier stages are really fun. Um, but the second is like someone probably helped them too, right? Like they didn't get to where they are without someone you know. definitely helped. Someone definitely helped because exactly. it's just the way it goes, you know? And, it, and, and like I, like I said earlier, 
uh, it instills a sense of commitment, you know, like that you look back at ancient tribes and there was a village elder and they, they yeah. passed that knowledge down from generation to generation to generation. And, you know, and that's just kind of the way it goes. And, you know, like, like you said, like reach out, like send an email titled the, the subject, I need a mentor, you know, like something like that. And reach <laughs> that out. And, and then, well, all it probably, I would, I would probably at least read it. Um, and there's a few, I'll give you, I'll give some advice for finding mentors and getting input. Uh, be, be short and to the point, mm -hmm. don't with your messaging and say, look, I, and you have to make it convenient for them. Yeah. Um, don't, don't be like, yeah, I'd love to buy you a cup of coffee and pick your brain. That doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't. Cause Not I don't want to get up, go somewhere, come find you, talk to you and then come back to where I'm at. You have to make it convenient for the mentor. Say I'm willing to come to you. I'm willing to meet or discuss or whatever works for you. I'm willing to do it at any time of the day. If you have time for me at 2 a.m. on a Tuesday, I'm there. And that's the whole point is you have to make it convenient and not out of the way. I also, you know, like when it comes down to certain things too, there's automation and scheduling tools and different things yeah. that can make it a lot simpler for someone to pick a time. Because if you have to bounce a bunch of emails back, like when are you available? When are you available? That's why, that's why I started Gigabook years yeah. ago. And, you know, like, look, there's, there's a hundred other tools like it. You know, if, whether you're using that or something else, make it easy. You got to remove the obstacles yeah. that exist between you and the mentor's time. And then the and then the last thing is if, if you get someone to pay attention and mentor you, do not waste their time. Yeah. Do Don't not wait because that relationship will end immediately. Yeah. Uh, it's your time to show up and listen at that point. And uh, then I, I'll put one more on there. If they if they don't tell you what you want to hear, you need to accept that for what it is and don't sit there and argue about why you're right and they're wrong. No, that, the, that's there, there you go. There's, there's some, there's some, some good old down to earth mm -hmm. advice about nugget, finding, yeah. finding scheduling and keeping a mentor in yeah. and around your life. All yeah. right. So we, we end episodes to start a puzzle with the founders freestyle. And we're going to get that to that in just a second. I do need to remind you that today's episode of startup hustles brought to you by fullscale.io. If you get a chance, find us on social media, go to Facebook, just search startup hustle, come check out startup hustle TV. It's our new web series about entrepreneurship. We are going to be following the story of entrepreneurship across all industries, locations, come find us and let us know you're interested and that you want to be a part of that. Now, as mentioned, the founders freestyle. So this is how we wrap up our episodes of Start Apostle. And you know, you mentioned being early in your uh, in your experience as an entrepreneur. But based on that experience, what's the best advice that you could give to a current or hopeful founder? Yeah, it's what we were talking about today. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Definitely the best advice that I was given, and that I would give to someone as well. Okay. Right. I like it. Right. Straight into the point. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the advice that I'm going to, I'm going to give is along that same lines, like look for, okay, what's easier climbing the mountain yourself or asking those that are on top to pull you up. It's just simple. And, yeah. if, and look, no matter who you are, there's always someone 
that's up there that can potentially pull you up. It is a way easier, it's way easier to get up, but they're not going to know you're down there. If you're not, Hey, pull me, will you pull me up? And you just got to keep doing that. You got to ask. And you know, like that's, that's advice that someone gave me a long, that a mentor gave me a long time ago. And you know, like I said, it's not that difficult for people to reach down, give you a hand and, and pull you up. And you know, you, you just got to ask, ask a lot. If you ask a lot in life, you will eventually get what you want, how you want it and where you want it. And, you know, don't be afraid of the no, like much like, uh, you know, 20 years ago, people were afraid of failure. Now it's like, uh, it's almost part of the, it's part of the (laughs) definition of a startup. Okay. Well, the same thing goes for looking for those people that'll pull you up. So, Nish, yeah. thank you so much for joining me. For those of you listening, click, scroll down to the show notes and go check out what Perpix does. I got to get back to work. So I'll see you next time. Perfect. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate being here. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button. Then come find us on Instagram. See you next time. Like we do it.